This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novella. You can text the show on 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Good morning to you. Morgan. Morning. Special morning. Special day. Yes. Um, in case you didn't catch this earlier, it is my birthday today. I've already opened gifts. Yeah. which is exciting. Yeah. Um, I included um, some headed notepaper I've been bought, which says at the top, from the desk of Frank Skinner, MBE, <laughs> which, I mean, who do I send? I think that'd be good maybe for querying a parking ticket. <gasps> do you yes. know I just wonder if that would still have some sway. A vague threat. Yeah. You'll regret this. It's a very sort of nice thing. way of saying, do you know who I am? Yeah, I'm calling it uh, passive-aggressive stationery, and I'm I'm here for it. Mm. I'm, I'm 66 today. I think the more things I get with my name on, the more helpful, <laughs> just as an aide de memoir. When I, from, it's not far from when I'm saying, do you know who I am, it will be a genuine, heartfelt <laughs> inquiry. The slip from rhetoric to, to need. <laughs> oh, what a thought. What a thought. Bold! Have you seen the advert where they've changed the words of gold? They haven't. You know, so it says like, gold! No, bold, rather. You know bold, the washing yes. up? Bold, and it's got built-in <laughs> Lenore. It's stuff like that that might not be the actual words. But you know oh, it's got Lenore. <laughs> you know the thing with bold? And I'm not advertising it because I don't know where our washing machine is. No. But, um, <laughs> that shows you in a lovely light. <laughs> yes. But um, bold has a big thing on the front of it that says something like, Includes Lenore and Lenore gets it sound like love. I think what this is going to draw me into my mouth. Oh, hold on, look, contains Lenore. That's a bonus. I'm so sick of mixing my own bold and Lenore <laughs> yeah, exactly. in, a big, in a big bath in the garden. Exactly. What, what Ready made bold Lenore cocktails. Yeah. Who knew? In a I mean, I don't want to get something that hasn't got Lenore. <laughs> Lenore? Yeah, what? Lenore? Bold! <laughs> Plenty of Lenore! Um, anyway. Lenore's quite a whimsical name for a What is it? What is Lenore? Lenore. Softener, isn't it? And if you took... If the they had about a, Lenore. If there was a contractual disagreement, what would be missing <laughs> from Bold that Lenore brought to it? It's a softener, isn't it? Is it? I think so. The, th the beauty of Lenore is its mystery. <laughs> yes, you're probably right. You don't want to start unravelling Lenore's mystery, trust me. OK, I'll, I'll leave it there. I you went down that are. road once. Yeah. That's the other thing I hate, when when adverts cut songs. You know they have to cut songs, but you get yeah. really unsettling cuts. But they don't resolve the... So there's like a holiday one at the moment, and they use Tomorrow from Annie, which mm. is one of my favourite musicals ever. Oh, do they and do And it sort of goes, the sun will come out tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And you think, no, yeah. no, it doesn't happen that's, there. That's horrible. There's no build. <laughs> That's not nice. You've oh. taken the grey and lonely out and cut straight to the sunshine. They might have left grey and lonely, but they'd certainly they get way too early to the, the heartfelt tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, I, when, when an advert has to be aggressively trimmed down for a small slot. Guys, one of the worst ones was everybody... Yeah, chicken satay. Mm. No, I'm not having that. Oh, Back yeah. Street Boys. Yeah, you've actually sold it accidentally <laughs> quite well. Does it come with Lenore? <laughs> um, that's can't... one of the great um, year, uh, years in, in the song. What? Yeah. Uh, I tomorrow, tomorrow, I love ya. Tom <laughs> say I love you. <laughs> Fabulous. Yes, that's the trouble. Best. The orphanage has damaged her vocabulary forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Frank Skinner. We were just talking. Uh, I don't know how it happened, but we went from uh, Aguilera. <laughs> Christine Aguilera did a song about not being gorgeous, even though she was gorgeous. Yeah. And then we went on Beautiful. to... Um, Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Britney, Justin Timber. We went through the whole, uh, in like whatever it was, three minutes, went through the whole Mickey Mouse Club yeah. um, dramatis personae. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Greek chorus. Did yeah. we ever get the Mickey Mouse Club? Not, not, not like, we never got the one with Britney and all that over here, I don't think. Not to my knowledge. No. I'd like to see that now. Mm. I um, also I would wouldn't you love to have been part of the Mickey Mouse Club? You know what my dream would have been? You work on the Mickey Mouse Club show, and then you're phoning about um, your tax bills or something. And they say right occupation, and you say I work for the Mickey Mouse Club, and they say how you spelling that? (laughs) And you say M I C K. Be worth it just for that. So. Well, you've had so many birthday greetings, Frank. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Ruth Jordan, one of our regulars. Yes. Mm. Happy birthday to Frank. And, of course, to St Thomas Aquinas. Did ah. I pronounce that correctly? You did. Thank you. I believe it's also Pierre's birthday this week, unless Wikipedia has its facts wrong, which I can't imagine ever happens. It's Pierre's on the 31st, I believe. It is, next week. Mm. So we're Aquarians. We are apparently, yes. Yes. I don't know I like if either apparently. of us. I don't know if either of us put much worth in it from the strength of that conversation. No. Exchange. I think uh I think we were both uh, sharing askance glances. Yeah, but what um, does it mean to be an Aquarian? It means it's all it's quite good. It's it's all the creative. It's a bit like being in Ravenclaw. It's all like creative and a bit, yeah. you know, sensitive and reading a book in the attic. Yeah, exactly. Seems to be the same vibe. That. Very yeah. that. But I am also Ravenclaw, according to my. Uh, yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's me. It all tracks. Um, I um, I got a phone call from my partner yesterday. I am upstairs in the house, and Kath always calls me. Mm. She never, she never like shouts up the stairs. She just phones me up. That's the modern world, mm. um, and perhaps a little insight into the size of our house. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, she said to me, um, "Karma crit." She said to me, um, "There's a there's a rook eating a pigeon in the garden. Can you sort it out?" And. Um, it's very vague. Uh, <laughs> living in a Jane Austen novel. First of all, I thought to my, my honestly, my first thought, I didn't say it to her because I, uh, you got to be careful. But she says, I thought, you've gone rook with this. Oh. As interest, see, I would go crow. If it was any, my default large black bird, it, it would be crow. But she'd gone rook, which I thought was like the next stage, really. The bird hipster. It, well, you know, it's. I would never think Rook. What next, Raven? Is that what I've got to expect? <laughs> I love that she went Rook. Rook, it's, yeah. Anyway, it's a Corvid. We established that. It was one of the Corvid family. Right. So um, I went down, and sure enough, um, this big. Um, I'll stick with Rook. This Rook was. Um, I don't know whether they kill pigeons or not, or whether it's got lucky. Or... Oh, they'll do anything. Yeah. Horrible, horrible people. So it was it was eating this pigeon, and I went out um, to... Well, rescue was a bit, a bit late for rescue. Yeah. But basically, there was a lot of feathers come off it. I didn't want them on our lawn. Huh. So yeah. I took the pigeon... I just thought, I don't want to touch the meaty bit. I had, touch... it, had it met its maker at this stage? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, it was an ex-pigeon, as I believe, the <laughs> Monty Python. So I took it by its cold, bony little hand. Charlton Heston. <laughs> as, if I was, as if I was leading an old lady across the road. <laughs> and I just slung it over the fence at the end. What, into a neighbour's garden? Not into a neighbour's garden. Oh, it's, I know the uh, area you mean. Yes, there. into the land. I just, also, I can't see over the fence. So I think if you throw anything over a fence that you can't see over, it no longer exists. I no. think that's the yeah. philosophical... Yeah, Plato's cave filled with dead but pigeons. all the time I was doing it, this Corvid was in the tree going absolutely... Spare. What was it doing? <laughs> like that at me. You were nicking its dinner. Well, you know, you know when you're in a restaurant, they take your plate. You hadn't finished. That, that, it was like that. It was absolute crow rage. Do you know? I don't like them. 
No. I've never mm. got along with crows. I like the sort of I like their sinister appearance. Do I always like goths. I like goths, and they are the avian goths. on Absolute Radio. I went to um, Abbey Road Studios the other night. Oh yeah, recording yeah. some demos. How no, was it? I wasn't recording. What were you up to? I was um, in the audience for a live performance of music from Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Wonderful film, may I say. Um, which, in, incidentally, it was conducted by um, Alexandre Desplat. Yeah, I, I the, uh, find these pronunciations this morning. I was, I was interested in the, the rendition of Guillermo. <laughs> so was I. Can I get a burst of that again? I, str- I don't really. I, I struggled with it all night. Guillermo. All night. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> did you something happens, with him or something? Something happens. I'll tell you what I did. I made the mistake. I went. I I went past the second sentence. You know when you meet someone, did you some meet celebrity? Yes. Shut up. But oh. when you meet when you meet somebody like um, Guillermo, you, you just you just you just have the second sentence and then that you're done. So he'd done a talk and he was very impressive bloke, uh, and he was uh, talking. It was like he had like a sort of philosophy of life. And anyway, so I said to him after he, I, I was introduced, and my mate said, "This is Frank Skinner." So, oh, "Hello, Frank. How are you?" And I said, "I really enjoyed that. I, I thought you did. That was said some really interesting stuff." He said, "I really matters to me that stuff about collaboration, about it being a team, you know, about um, and we were like a family working on it." What I didn't say, oh, is that why you've called it Guillermo del Toro's <laughs> Pinocchio? <laughs> I didn't say that. And then I said, oh, yeah, and I like that thing. And then he said, hello, hello. Like, and it was one of those moments when I'd gone on to the third sentence. Yeah. But he was very, he did seemed you, a very nice just bloke. Just out of interest, did, did you give him any advice, Frank? Because I, I didn't. know you've got previous here. <laughs> well, one of, the orc, one of the hashtag orcs was, I think I was the only person in the room who hadn't seen Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And it is phenomenal, may I say. I'd love to, and I've tried to see it. My family won't let me. <laughs> Why my, not? Because my son says, oh, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch Kiss live again. Oh, okay. Uh, or, you know, or some Def Leppard. So mm. I end up not watching it. Can you not watch things on your own? And uh, I, I don't know when. <laughs> when? That's someone who... Uh, <laughs> yes. What do you put it? Who forgot to have children? No, you don't get that. There's no time off. Oh. So he wouldn't... He, I, I haven't been allowed to watch it. Okay. I could perhaps do it tonight on my birthday. I was going to say, give yourself a little treat, a little me yeah. time. You've got um, licence now. I'm, I'm lining up had... a Western for tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I wonder what St Thomas not? Aquinas will be watching at his house. <laughs> <laughs> Some, something on Catholic theology. Or with the family going, oh, Tom, mm. have a day off, mate. <laughs> Just the Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> Just some, something to something to thrill him in his old age. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so um, Alexandre Desplat. He decided. Desplat sounds like the sort of name that you'd give a French character in a kind of crude. Play. Well, he looked like Mr. Burns. He really looked like Mr. Burns, and it was Burns Night. But oh. no one mentioned that either. Anyway, really surprised. it was his decision. <laughs> Excuse me, it's Burns, right? And you, and you look, look like, like Mr. Mr. Burns. Burns. <laughs> no, I meant questions about the uh, music. Oh, sorry. Yes. Before we I'll, start I'll by listening to Guillermo del Toro's music, who is that like... guy? <laughs> who is that terrible guy who said I looked like Mr. Burns? <laughs> Any uh, Doctor Who uh, gifts today? Well, I haven't. Um, I didn't get any gifts until um, I got here. Oh. Um, 
And so you've seen my gifts. I will discuss them shortly. I feel I better figure out, I better tell you what Alexandre Desplat <laughs> oh, yes. said about it. Is this it. the one who looked like Mr Burns? Yeah, it's, it certainly was, yes. <laughs> and um, he said that he wanted the music he wrote, he wanted to be all wooden instruments, um, like woodwinds, mm. piano, violins, because it's Pinocchio who's made of wood. Uh-huh. So that was his thing. And I said to someone, well, in that case, they shouldn't have had strings. <laughs> Nothing. Oh, you're nothing. kidding, yeah. really? Nothing. I mean, when am I going to get to use that joke again unless I do it on air in retrospect? <laughs> yeah. You should have stood up and... I should have had off. so much material. Well, how come it's called Guillermo del Toro? <laughs> it's Burns Night and you look like... It was all there. I could have been the star of the night. <laughs> but no... I mean, um, that's quite a takeaway, Frank. I could have been the star of the night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, Guelmo, he actually he hogged, hogged all the attention. <laughs> and there was a lovely bit when a boy got up. A wooden boy? There was a boy. <laughs> a wooden boy? Did he have a long nose or a, <laughs> a little hat with a feather in or something? <laughs> it wasn't him. He was there, the voice... I have a little friend called Jiminy. <laughs> the voice of Pinocchio was there. Oh. I spoke to him and he after... Is he a boy? He's a boy. And mm. after about 20 seconds, I could tell he was thinking, who's this weirdo? Because mm. I went on and on about him being ginger because I've got such a thing because my son's ginger. What did so you say? So ginger's doing well. I said it's great, you know, gingers like you doing well. You didn't. And he's like an actor boy, you know. And he's like looking at me. I said it's brilliant. I said I'll show you. I said to his mum, I'll show you a picture of my Grinch or something. I'll show you a picture of my son. He's ginger. I mean, what's what's the matter with me? You didn't say. You were starstruck. It was Pinocchio. I didn't even seen the the puppet version of him. Anyway, he wasn't Before him who sang. Frank, you can't just go up and say, it's great you ginger's doing well. Well, I, it's I, a strange thought, I thought you could. Make. I thought you could. You should have just congratulated him on becoming a real boy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Asked him how he was finding it, second sentence. That would have been great. <laughs> I like that he felt compelled to call his parents over. He probably has No, his mum him. was with him, I think, as some sort of chaperon. Oh, yeah. Anyway... A boy got up and sang. There's a song in the film. You there have is. seen the film. Oh, I love the film. There is a there is a song. I'm very wary of a song in a film. Mm. You know, when the soundtrack suddenly... I mean, I watch a lot of westerns and they love it in a western. Do you they? Get, Where do they have a song? Yeah. road on a saddle yeah, into it. the blazing, blazing sun. And you think, no, no, I don't. Wait, who's doing that? Yeah. Um, it, did, it did throw up one of the great rhymes of all time, which is from High Noon, which oh. has the song going through it, where the rhyme is, uh, He made a vow while in state prison, it's going to be my life or his. And <laughs> bravo! <laughs> I heard the bloke shout bravo the other night, sort of unironically, oh. at the opera. I love it. I felt a bit intimidated at the Guillermo del Toro uh, thing because... Can I just ask, did you insist on pronouncing his name like that or I don't know how to pronounce his name still. Yeah? Guillermo. I would have said that. Guillermo. What happens at the ear? Where is that going? L sound or R? Rolled R to an L. Rolled R? Guillermo. Guillermo. Oh, Pierre does that so beautifully. Guillermo. No. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Del Lovely Toro. Pierre. Also, that thing of having a small letter on the Del. Come mm. on. I said, what about your monogram dressing gown? You're right it's with Del Monte. It's going to look a mess. You didn't mind Del Monte. No, no, but he was he was just so positive. That bloke. <laughs> Whereas Doctor No, you dragged me, just dragged me down, that bloke. Um, Go on. So there was, because there were people who were very passionate about film music. Mm. And there's a certain breed, I didn't meet any of them until I moved to London and travelled in more hoity-tighty circles. <laughs> Everyone I knew, 
you couldn't have... They would have known that song from High Noon, but the incidental music, I never listened to that stuff. Mm. Um, but people who know about film music, whenever they talk to me about it, I always feel they're saying that I've noticed something that you haven't noticed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, to be fair, they are, really. Well, they are. They are saying exactly that. With and But you can see in their faces, oh, yeah, I love I love the soundtrack of um, Guillermo del Toro's, um, <laughs> what's it called? The Shape of Water or something. Like yes, that. yeah. yeah. Um, that, which was also... Uh, Alexandre Desplat, actually. Desplat, he called himself for that one. Oh, (laughs) come on. Anyway, it's a bit like... like I've been watching football now for over 50 years. Mm -hmm. I still have little more than a wispy idea of tactics and all that stuff. And I have been at matches where people have said things. I'll give you an exact... They're getting us on the second phase pickup every time. I don't want to hear that stuff. No. I just want to watch the ball being kicked about. I don't want to know about three at the back and all that. Most football fans have no idea about it and they're perfectly happy. I think if you want that sort of talk, you stick to American football. I just don't. Well, I hate that. And uh, I don't want that kind of talk. No. It's it's film music talk. It's I spotted something you haven't spotted. I don't want to spot it. The other thing with if you're specialising in film music is you're saying I've spotted something you haven't spotted, and it's and it's my passion. Yes, there's so much you haven't spotted that I've dedicated my life or spare time to noticing it above what you've noticed. When I went to the cinema as a youth, it used to be that thing as soon as the film ended, these really crinkly um, curtains would close so you couldn't read any credits at all. Because everyone thought, we, don't, we haven't come here to read, we've come here to watch a film. Honestly, hoity tighty. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner, MBE, on Absolute Radio with uh, Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. And you can text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Them's your options. Let's try this. Someone sent us. Who sent us this jingle, Sarah? Stuart White. Stuart White? Yes. Sent us this. I thought there'd be a man with a bugle pen would, would turn up. Would turn up. This is Frank Skinner, MBE, on Absolute Radio. So uh, that's that's my celebratory fanfare. I like a fanfare. Yeah. I like the. Um, I like the uh, things that hang from the bugles. Pennants. I think yeah, you should they, put that little... Some, are, some look like pennants, some are sturdy. They look like proper wall hangings, medieval wall hangings. Yes, I know the ones you Mini use. tapestries. Yeah. Mm, they unfurl. <laughs> I think you should have that as your... Just have that as your uh, voicemail. Leave that as your message. Um, no one ever calls. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I actually got a voicemail what message. What was the last no. voice message you had? I find it weird when people say, I left you a voice message. Well, my manager leaves voice messages that say, Rang's jump. And that's it. <laughs> um, I like that. That's quite not, frightening. He's not a man who gives you any inkling of what it's going to be. Good he's news he's or a man of news. action, mm. not words. I think he's actually from Acton. <laughs> Man of act? No, forget it. Um, Can I read What else? What else is going on? Well, firstly, I'd like to apologise to my colleagues. I made up one eye during the last break, and it's all gone a bit clockwork orange, I'm afraid. You made up one eye? Yeah. I've only got mascara on one eye. Oh, I thought it was something we discussed (laughs) and that you'd made up and the eyes have it, and it turned out there was a fixed vote. You'd made up one eye. (laughs) No. And, in fact, it was a draw. I put mascara... Scara on one eye, so yeah. I've gone clockwork orange. Nice. I do apologise. Joe from Essex has been in touch. Mm-hmm. Joe Essex. Joe with an E or with an no E? J-O. So we're thinking probably... Joey Essex. Might be the, inf- the formal version, Joe from Essex. Hi, Frank and team. 
delighted to hear Frank mention persimmon fruit, mm. a.k.a. Sharon fruit, at the end of last week's show. Because they I... would prefer Sharon fruit in Essex. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to rebrand this. <laughs> oh, it's all right when you yeah. do it, isn't yeah. it? It's all right when you lot yeah. our manner. It's integration. Oh, lovely. That's when I do it. <laughs> I, too, would pass over cake in their favour. Mm. I've recently sent my friend a rather boastful message about my love of the fruit after Sainsbury's informed me via their app that I was the number one buyer of Sharon fruit in the east of England. Wow, that's <laughs> really quite... Hold on, I haven't got a fanfare for that. Um, You've got to give it oh something. Oh, no, I have. This is for you. What was it again? So this is Joe from Essex, the number one buyer of Sharon fruit in the east of England. <laughs> I bought, um, I got three packets this week, four in each packet. Wow. Really? So I get through quite a lot of, uh, I'm sticking with persimmon. You're you're coming for her title. Joe continues, (laughs) nobody has bought more than me in 2022 in the east of England. Nobody. (laughs) All right, we get that, Joe. (laughs) We understand the title. All right, from the desk of Frank Skinner, MBE. Nobody (laughs) underlined. I worked hard for that title and Mm. I don't regret it. So imagine my surprise. Hold on, hold on, I haven't finished imagining it. (laughs) Okay, I've got it. So this is just to remind you, Joe had sent. The f- a friend, this boastful message yeah. about the love of the fruit. So imagine my surprise when the friend swiftly replied that he was the number two buyer of vintage Gouda in England. Do you wow. say Gouda or Gouda? Gouda. You mean the, the Dutch cheese? Yeah, I never yeah. know how to pronounce it. Gouda? Gouda, yeah. He'll know the Dutch. Gouda? It's Gouda. definitely okay. Gouda. Oh, we don't want any of that. Chuemo. Yes, well, Gouda del Toro. Gouda del Toro. Gouda del Toro. definitely Gouda, isn't it? I, try, I trust sure, you, actually. Frank, but I'm just yeah, saying. Um, he was the number two buyer of vintage Gouda in England. Okay. My question, does my first-rate regional fruit success eclipse his nationwide second-rate dairy-based glory. I welcome your thoughts on this matter. Happiest of birthdays to Frank, Joe from Essex. And Joe from Essex has mm. sent us the Sharon Fruit proof here. No, I, I wasn't doubting me. The, the, proof, ro- the rubbish please. brag to make up. <laughs> the, the proof is in the Sharon Fruit, isn't yeah, that as good as, I, as um, sentences? The vintage it's, this gal- is the old debate, isn't it? Local versus national. Mm. I mean, it, it's all a bit Andy Burnham this <laughs> this conversation, but we'll come we'll come back to it and we'll find something. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Um, we were um, discussing uh, Joe from Essex's um, debate whether it's better to be whether it is better to be um, second in Essex at buying persimmons or no first in Essex first at in buying Essex. persimmon, persimmon. Or, is it persimmon or per- persimmon oh I, I don't know persimmon. I think it's Guillermo <laughs> <laughs> anyway those orange things it's always better to ask hmm. I've decided I think it. it's better is it better to be um, first in Essex or second nationally mm. now my view on this Joe is that to be second, to be first in Essex, Essex with all its shell suitery, <laughs> to be first there in buying persimmon, that's really, that. you sound like a cultural island, and I respect <laughs> you for that. Whereas once you go national, you bring in, you know, London and... York. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, I love the way you say London. This is like contempt. Well, you know, you're going to bring in like vintage Gouda. You're going to bring in Simon Seabag Montefiore. <laughs> you're you competing I mean? against the real title. Michael Hazel time. <laughs> they, all those guys, they're bumping up the. Uh, You've got your Gales patrons. Yeah. yeah so I think. Um, in the country of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. That's what I'd say to you, Joe. <laughs> oh, 
I think it's more noble to specialise in persimmons than to just enjoy so some cheese like everyone else. I know, but vintage gouda. <laughs> yeah. We're true. not just talking gouda. No. This sounds like absolute weirdo 1384. <laughs> Talking about persimmons and the country of the blind. I don't know if they'd reach there then. Where do they grow? What, persimmons? See, I looked, I instinctively oh. looked at Pierre. I thought he'd know where persimmon come from. I'm going to guess the Far East, but I've got no clue, to be honest. Well, you're, you always guess the Far East. <laughs> Strange um, long-running row to have with a part of the friend. <laughs> you always guess the Far East. That really upsets me about yeah, you. That's always your default. <laughs> oh, do you know what happened to me last week? Well, I'll tell you. I went to the hairdressers. Hmm? As I was leaving the square... What happened? Was it closed? <laughs> <laughs> I've never been so... Actually, I have. Um... I was leaving the square, as we call it. Oh, yeah, a square. This is mm. our square. And Pierre said to me, I quite liked it. A little bit cheeky. I quite liked it, Frank. He's growing in his cheekiness. I said, oh, I'm just going to the hairdressers, Pierre. He said, oh, I imagine that's that's going to take most of the day or something. OK. <laughs> I said, will it take most of the day? Oh, he asked first. I've learned. I've learned that <laughs> I the lady's hair you, takes the whole it day. It went with you. went with me to liberties, <laughs> you to the yeah. thing. He's become a sort of, a, like, our personal shopper. Yes. I could sit in the hairdressers reading a, a folded-up paper. He's my, like, one leg over the he's other. He's my faithful companion. <laughs> he's like my companion. He's my demon. Demon. <laughs> so I went to the hairdressers. Fabulous. They always do a fabulous job. Very mm. pleased as ever. Mm. Um, thanks for noticing. And as I, I got home, uh, put my hand in my coat pocket, pulled out a set of car keys I didn't recognise, a house key I didn't recognise, and a boarding pass for a flight Ah. to Philadelphia. Business class. When you answered the phone that morning, (laughs) did you say, make me a winner? (laughs) That sounds like Wix prizes to me from uh, our breakfast show. I'd been given the wrong coat. Oh, the wrong coat. It was the wrong coat. Wallace and Gromit sequel <laughs> number seven. <laughs> that's the that's who's number one buying that vintage gouda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The wrong vintage gouda wouldn't have brought in the people, would it? People, is it gouda or is it gouda? Let's call the whole thing off. What about vintage, being the biggest buyer of vintage gouda who listened to the old uh, radio station? <laughs> That'll be me, clearly. Oh, anyway. We're having so many. I should just... I want to acknowledge, attention must be paid, that we're getting so many lovely birthday messages. That's great. I'll come and have a look at them after. That's very lovely. I I can't actually see any messages that come in. They all come through... Emily and Pierre, because if I see anything negative, I go into the fetal position and sock my thumb. <laughs> and um, tiny, tiny bits of blood come out my ears. <laughs> <laughs> so I live in a sort of cloud cuckoo land thinking everybody loves me. Well, mm. luckily for you today, the messages are the sort of... What I'm looking at is a sort of tableau you'd expect for a, a sort of a, a very frightening Soviet leader. Oh. The level of the level of adoration. Congratulations is uh, extensive. So. Oh, so maybe I'll do a speech from the balcony here. <laughs> uh, Tedley Manor has been in touch. I watch your wonderful show in chunks before bed. Oh, which show would that oh, I be? Don't know. I had a dream. Uh, I it's mean, all gone a bit Martin Luther King. I was mm. going to say though, it's a it's a bold opener. Yeah. I had a dream that Frank co-headlined Wembley with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. I had terrible sleep, but Frank was awesome. Make it happen. How do you feel about that, Frank? What was I doing, stand-up or uh, contemporary dance? I sincerely (laughs) hope it was the former. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've never really got into the chilies. 
I don't know. People have condemned me for that when I've spoken to them about music. Well, that wouldn't stop me. I haven't done much support work. I supported um, many years ago in the early days of my career. I supported Lloyd Cole and the Commotions oh, at the Wakefield Opera House. Extraordinary. How was that? It went very well, actually. Oh, um, OK. <laughs> though I say so, I shouldn't. <laughs> Frank... <laughs> I do need to share something with you, which is some correspondence we've had. Before you go into this, I understand this is something we should clear up, mm. that there's been some uh, vintage Gouda Gouda, Gouda mm. news, because there was some debate about how we pronounce it. And mm. uh, shall we just clear that up technically? Gouda for the Yanks, Gouda for everyone else. Can you, still, can you say the Yanks? Yeah, it seems like Pierre has some <laughs> special, I mean, <clears throat> diplomatic immunity from all of this. Leave okay. a weapon too. Because he has a leg in so many kingdoms. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to... Um, a big leg as well. <gasps> well. It's a big leg. Pierre, Pierre Novelli's big leggy. That's what I, that's what I sang before um, the chilies came on. Just so you know, Pierre, that was a song by a group called Hazy Fantasy he's making reference to in the, was it the 80s, Frank? It was called John Wayne, his big leggy. Oh, right. He wasn't saying something... No. So the Americans say Gouda. Apparently so. And we say Gouda. Okay. I went out with uh, uh, a California girl. Oh, yeah? Do you you wish they could all be California girls? Well... The East Coast girls. Uh, <laughs> so I really like the clothes they wear. How do you find the West Coast girls? Um, th- do they make me scream and shout? Are they the ones? Uh, they turn they, me on when do. I'm down there. Yeah, oh, uh, that's fine. I don't know. What? Oh, that's what he says. I haven't been turned on since I, the 80s. I say they turn me on down there. It's I think I've, I've been on standby for over 30 years. Anyway, don't say that either. Um, yes, I thought I knew all the Americanisms from watching, you know, films, mm. <clears throat> reading comic books, and then uh, th- this woman said, uh, I, "I'll put some. Uh, do you want me to put some herbs on that?" <laughs> and I said, "Some." And she said, "Herbs." And they don't do the H in herbs. Yeah. Now, I've dropped a few H's in my time, but uh, herb, herb is not that herb. Mm. Yeah. You want an herb? Get off me. That's what I said, I think. <laughs> Only temporarily. tell you something I hate. Good. (laughs) Whenever I'm watching TV, Mm. just quite frequently, and someone mispronounces something, Mm. and they try and sort of cover it up and deal with it by saying, sorry, put my my false teeth back in. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't bear that. Why say that? Everyone else says it. We've heard it before. Also, we know you don't have false teeth because no one has them because it's not 1951. <laughs> yeah, well, when I was growing up, everybody had them over 30. Literally, yeah. people would just have them all whipped out. People so, would put them in a glass of water, is that right? At the side of the bed with a steridant soluble mm. tablet. Wake up in the morning, your teeth clean. Yeah. But imagine if you swiped on Twinder and then you woke up and there was a false teeth next. I mean, how did the people procreate? I, th- I think, um, well, I don't, you know, it's got its pluses and minuses. <laughs> Nevertheless, how do we get on to this? Sorry, I just suddenly thought of it. Well, I, I put the telly on um, <clears throat> lunchtime this week. I was having a cheese and Brussels sprout sandwich. <laughs> and um, Why? It looks like, uh, why? It's really nice because... Um, it's the sort of snack you'd see in the beaner. <laughs> They, um, it's, it's extraordinary. It's, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a, a nice looking snack. It looks like a rabbit's back when they got the myxomatosis. How, how do you present the sprout? Do you slice no, it? No, I don't slice it. So the secret is you put, secret. you slice cheese and then you put the sprout, they sit on the cheese as if they were skiing. Yes. <clears throat> and then you put the top on, and the hot sprout gets mushed up. Um, Does it get crushed? Yeah, no. It's so um, the sprout melts 
<clears throat> the cheese and the butter. Uh, it's a beautiful, squidgy, sprouty, cheesy thing. Do you press the upper layer of bread down to create the sort of... Yeah. No, I was going to say... You bet I do. <laughs> you bet your sweet bippy. <laughs> Frank, but haven't you got two raised Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style... Balls well, not two. I, I get about half a dozen on a on, on a sandwich. I, I, I was envisaging a sort of a sort of phalanx of nine of them. Yeah, like a like a telephone. Yeah, yeah that's that's they are. That's what they. Well, look sort like. of stone lions holding up a coffee table is how I'm so, envisioning. Well, but you do squeegee. It, it squeegees more than you think. I mean, you're thinking of a raw sprout. <laughs> I they try got, not they to got think a bit of them at all. A, a boiled sprout's got a bit of give in it. <laughs> anyway, I was what I put the telly on. It was on the bosses. Remember, oh, on right. the bosses, popular. Um, uh, it had the warning on the front. How <laughs> did it say? Yeah, it said on the bosses. Actually, wasn't that funny. <laughs> It's sad at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, it wasn't. But very early on, this is a re- reference back to last week's show, the inspector, Blakey, said, oh, oh God. He said, I think, I think Jack's going to trying to take a diabolical liberty <laughs> with my niece. And I told you, everybody said diabolical liberty when I was a kid. It's gone now. Gone, but not forgotten. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. Frank, I'm getting still a bit bothered by your incident with the crow. Mm. I just think that could be a quite traumatic thing to witness. Well, it could be. A, it could have been a rook or a raven. What did it do, the crow? Did it fly off? Did it give up in the Well, end? obviously, when I went out... In just case you missed earlier, there was a, uh, I was called to um, deal with an incident <laughs> in my garden. <laughs> the most self-important thing you've ever said. I was called to deal with an incident. Well, uh, my partner, an ambulance phoned, partner phoned me, even though she was in the same house, and <laughs> said, there's a, there's a rook um, eating a pigeon in the garden. Can you deal with it? Mm. Or can you sort it out? Yes, as though you could negotiate. Yeah, so I went and threw the pigeon over the garden fence. When you threw the pigeon carcass, did you do a One last flight. Yes, (laughs) but did you do a sort of um, discus sort of full spin? No, I didn't. I didn't like throwing the hammer. Yeah, yeah, yes, I the didn't. Hammer. I didn't draw myself a mock circle in the thing and go round and round. You see, Pierre, he's a, he's so with his safari experience, and he's been out there. He's so comfortable with the circle of life. The yeah. way he just casually tossed in with the pigeon carcass. Well, I yeah. was with a friend once and his family in uh, Kew Gardens, and his son said, uh, "Can we play pirates?" Oh. And he said, yeah, you go off and play what pirates. What kind? And then, uh, what do you mean? Well, uh, can I continue? We'll and then he came back and he had a dead parrot, which he'd found. <laughs> um, which was, you know, very convenient for piratry. Oh, yeah. But um, it was of an age where we couldn't really explain death to him. So um, I took the parrot and placed it in the tree as if I was put, I like wedged it in a hole in the tree as if I was putting it into some little nest. Like you're trying to prop it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm very good with the bird dispersal. Yes, that's generally. That no, I can see why I can see why Kath called you now. Exactly. <laughs> to deal with an incident. Yes. But um, yeah, so the thing about crows, Jeremy Paxman once told you're me. You're saying crow. My partner insisted it was a rook. <laughs> I'm, I'll discuss yeah. this with her later. Let's say it was a rook. You know, they're, they're similar, aren't they? They come, mm. they're similar personalities. I think Jeremy it was a Paxman, rook because it was only moving um, in straight lines, uh, <laughs> forward, backwards, and sideways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm so happy with that. Jeremy Paxman told me they have memories, crows, and they remember human beings. So mm-hmm. I'm so just So me saying, throwing the pigeon away. Mm-hmm. They, re- they don't forget a face. You made an enemy. You, they will come <laughs> back for you, Frank. They oh, will find no. you. And I don't want to say what's going to happen next. I don't think. I, I think I could handle, handle one of them if it came to... I'm a sort of... Uh, Corvid sceptic. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio.
By the way, um, do you recall that my partner Kath and I did a documentary for Absolute about Kate Bush? I do. Um, I can honestly say I haven't had one word of feedback about it. Um, okay. I'd like to know if anyone listened. Like well, it's quite an odd thing to say, darling. <laughs> well, it's because my partner was on. I it was one of my few dips into what I think is a fairly sordid pool of people getting their wives, kids. <laughs> so, you know, my me and my son going. Everyone Do you not like that. People just dragging in their non-celebrity family and making TV shows. Why don't you like it? <laughs> I think it's. Um, I think it's sort of watering the Ribena a bit too much, if you know what I mean. Mm. So there's not enough celebrity in the pint glass. Oh, Is there also an element of you that thinks, look, I've done the clubs, I've done all my hard work. Yeah. Well, Why should think, you come along think, yeah, at the exactly, end of the story? Exactly, build, build your own ladder. <laughs> That's what I think. Never asked, never asked me to take them to work when I worked in a drop forgings. No. Hello again. Um, this is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show at 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. <laughs> I love Frank <laughs> resenting people who bring their family into their celebrity. It's just a way, what are people up to? It's like footballers taking their kids and their girls, wives on the pitch. What's going on? Do you think it's a bit thirsty? I, do, I won't watch anything where someone have brought a, a family member to a TV show. What about the royal family? <laughs> Well, they, they're all there in their own right. The royal, there's blood. There's blood there. They're all in the club. Mm. So I like. I won't watch anything. <laughs> For my sovereign, I would go to the cannon's mouth. <laughs> but um, you know, cha- just, you've changed. Just, uh, be. That's a, actually a quote from Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. <laughs> but um, I um, no, I don't like it. Okay, I don't like it. There's something. Uh, Oh, you brought your kid with you. Oh, a bit embarrassing. Where are they going to sit? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, what else? Oh, I love you. Um, on the subject of things I can't stand, mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to say what's that in reference to, but that's generally all we talk about. <laughs> yeah. It's crept into news and sports programmes over the last few years. It's the phrase... We'll keep you across that story. I imagine researchers lounging across desks, mobile phone in hand, shouting and generally being a pain. What's wrong with we'll keep you updated? That'd be a nice friend for you, Ian Borrett from Winchester. I'm all right with that. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't mind a bit of variety. Don't keep saying updated forever. I think keeping across a story, it feels like, a, it feels like an, an Americanism, but I'm, I yeah. don't care. Adding words where words may not be needed. Now, this is extraordinarily exciting news. OK. Yes. Because we have heard from the Liberty Lady. You and... Pierre went into Liberties yes. a couple of weeks ago. With a mission. Yeah. And you bought a hat. Do you recall? I bought a hat and some sunglasses. So that's one of those parlour games. <laughs> yeah. I bought a hat and some sunglasses and an apple. No, I'm going into international terrorism and I just hadn't got the outfit. <laughs> Miss Carla Burrell has got in touch. Oh, yes. Good name. Mm. And she says, I am the Liberty Lady. Well, the one who I asked if she had the same respect for a... Uh, voucher holder. A voucher holder of someone who'd gone in there because they wanted to actually go in the shop <laughs> by choice <laughs> rather than being forced in there by a friend. <laughs> Miss Carla Burrell continues, Frank looks wonderful in the hat I sold him. Oh. I like I sold him. Yeah. She was lovely, actually, Carla. That's oh, what I call her. Calm that. down, dear. So lovely to meet you the other day, Frank. Oh, I really like her. It was a very fun moment in a busy day. I think um, 
Frank Frank looks wonderful in the hat I sold him. Yes, <laughs> is a is a sentence that reveals its motivation as it ends. <laughs> I love it. It's quite proprietorial as well, which I enjoy. I like it though. She was very nice, and I I um I like hearing from someone from an anecdote. It's yeah. an interesting story. In fact, I've just had a text from a rook. <laughs> who says that I stole his pigeon. <laughs> no, I haven't. That I made up. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Do you remember last week? Only last well. week. Frank? <laughs> oh, vaguely. OK, that, that's all for now. No. Okay. Uh, do you remember last week... I was quite intrigued to know what old-fashioned sunglasses look like. Oh, yeah, we were... How how early they came about and Mm. all that we talked about. And then we had a fabulous revelation about the Emperor Nero. And his emerald uh, looking glass in the arena. So he would watch... um, he would sit in, um, let's say, the uh, Colosseum. Roji or... Yeah, watch... Um, oh, I hope you get a better seat a, than that. A director's box. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe off to the side, like at Wembley or something. Yes, yeah. yeah. Perhaps um, with a little um, hospitality area, or Cafe Nero, as he called it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, if it was sunny... I prefer Cafe Aristotle. If it <laughs> was... Uh, if it was, uh, have you ever been to that cafe, Claudius? <laughs> oh, that's, um... So anyway, um, if it was sunny, he would take out a, a, a specially cut emerald and watch the games um, through that, yeah. through green tinted gemstone. Well, we've heard further on this, mm. haven't we? And perhaps uh, I feel this is Pierre's area. Mm. Just because it involves, you know, I'm gonna. It involves big brains uh, and, and ob- objects of of antiquity. Mm. Mm. I'd like to think that that's my, my area, dear Frank and team. Yeah, where are you on the vintage Gouda <laughs> league table? <laughs> if it if it's not been unearthed from a barrow, yeah, I've got no time for it. <laughs> okay, I've got you like it that vintage. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dear Franken team, which I quite like as a sort of Frankenstein. Yes, yeah, Franken yeah. team is great. That's who. That's whose job it is to sort of maintain the monster and sew bits back on the yeah. Franken team. <laughs> fr- yeah, sort of pit stop. Well, aspects. we certainly maintain the monster with e- Igor. <laughs> Igor in some sort of administrative role. Yes, clipboard team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Formula One. Yeah, exactly. The Franken team. <laughs> quick, quick, sewing on a new leg or whatever. Um, Dear Franken team, further to last week's droll banter mm. on the topic of emerald sun specs. <laughs> I, I love this person. Damning phrasing from Mark. Further to last week's droll banter on the topic of emerald sun specs. I thought the following link to a Sotheby sale might interest you. I told you. you we shouldn't have had Noel Coward as a guest last week. It's like the woman in the WC fields who yeah. says, if you and your friend want to continue sharing ribald stories. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to Mark and in the droll banter. Yes. Mark uh, informs us of a Sotheby's sale, mm. maybe for the next voucher. Um, it is a pair of Mughal spectacles set with emerald lenses in diamond-mounted frames <laughs> from circa 17th century India. Frames 19th century, so there's been some work done. Oh. So it's a pair of solid emerald you. lenses. <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about that yet. <laughs> a pair of solid emerald lenses set in gold and diamond frames um, and uh, for a 17th century Mughal ruler. And he had a reading pair cut too. From a single 200 carat diamond. What is a mogul rune? M- Moog, Moog. Moogle. Yeah. You'd say, you'd say, I notice you soften the G slightly. Moogle, yeah, what there's a little it? H after I don't know what uh, it is. Well, what is it? The Mughal <laughs> Empire was a, a, a sort of northern Indian oh. empire. Based, it started in, I think, Kashmir or, or Uzbekistan and then moved into northern India I mean, in the I, 1600s. I mean, I love this. There's a Lee Harwood poem. Oh. In which he talks about a Mughal miniature, which is um, a, a, a small, ornate uh, sort of yeah. piece of writing. 
Okay. Oh, like a little bit of calligraphy. No, it'd be like a, almost like a, it could be a book. Could just all be right. A, you two swallowed it anyway, anyway. this morning, have you? Yeah. You asked. Anyway, I did you ask, asked. and I'm genuinely fascinated. I love this. Anyway, uh, Ma- Ma- Mark says by way of summing up, serious bling. Oh. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd like to see, even though I wouldn't actually buy. I don't think, but I would like to see because okay. they did like. Uh, they liked their finery. Mm. They looked very Elton John. Yeah. I feel sort of thing he would have gone for. Oh yeah. Okay, with a shell suit. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I was just talking about how I can't stand it when celebrities bring their families in involved in things, and then my uh, my family arrived. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're now Furious. sitting in the adjoining room, looking at me as if I was a. A moray eel in an aquarium. (laughs) There, I'm happy with that. Move on. Well... I haven't said what my birthday presence was, by the way. Can I say I have a gold-backed bird? I don't know what what species would we think that was. Well, Kath will know, because she knows her rooks from her crows. Yeah, Mm. Kath might identify that as a rook. It's got too much white on it. What would you say, Pierre? You know about facts. Anyway, what you do with it before Pierre comes in, you press its head down and a tray opens with toothpicks in and the bird hands me a toothpick or beaks me a toothpick. <laughs> yes. Um, it's a brilliant present. That's present number one. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll filter them through the next... Oh, how come ...however long, <clears throat> just to get you posting. Uh, Louisa in North Somerset... Mm-hmm. Who uh-huh. describes herself as a regular reader, occasional emailer. Aren't we all there? Yeah. Morning, Frank, Emily and Pierre. I just wanted to join the many readers who are wishing Frank a very happy birthday. Lovely. You mentioned that Frank is an Aquarian. I'm also an Aquarian. My father once bought me a bookmark that read, The Aquarian is inventive, original and highly unconventional. Don't let this person borrow money. Best wishes, Louisa in North Somerset. <laughs> wow. Bit of a sting in the tail. They, they could have made that more of a, a compliment sandwich, couldn't they? Well, also... Rather than suddenly dropping that in at the end. It's a bit of a non-sequitur as well. It's all these lovely things, and then they end with what? a slightly troubling warning. I, um, I was uh, scoffing a um, fortune cookie as part of my Chinese... Lunar New Year celebrations. Of course. And um, it said that I I was excited to read my fortune. It said, be more cautious with your financial arrangements. Really? And I I thought, who writes these? The bank. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I realised I was actually, I'd I'd picked up a bank stamp statement (laughs) from, I can't speak. Where's my false teeth? But that that bookmark reads like... The person who is an Aquarius was in the room and left just before the final sentence. Yeah. Very inventive, original, <laughs> really. Don't right, lend get, them the money. Man, get that bit down about the money. <laughs> it's an aside on a bookmark. Yeah. Yes, yeah, very Shakespearean. Mm. So anyway, we haven't talked about anything that's happening in the modern world. We just talked about me. It was. I would say it's fair to say it's not happening in the modern world. No. Well... Well. We have got some, a story that you can relate to, uh-huh. which I think we should discuss. Okay. I appreciate there are commitments we need to make um, yeah. with breaks. And oh, hold on. oh, sorry, I, I missed that. It's really gone. My family arriving has utterly thrown Has me. it thrown you, dear? Yeah, well, they're looking at me from the other side. And as I've said to you, I don't look at any text because I like to think everything I say is funny. Seems that that is not the case. <laughs> What, do you think they're not laughing enough? No, I haven't seen them laugh at all yet. <laughs> Only with scorn. Oh, for God's sake. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. What about when you just complained about your family who are here not laughing enough through the mm. glass? Mm. It's quite... Well, I think that about any kind of family gathering. I always go do away you? and think, well, that didn't go that well. Do you? Or even like a lunch or something? Like, if what? I get in a lift for two floors with a group of strangers and don't get one laugh, I feel like 
maybe this is the beginning of the end. <laughs> you're you're etern- an illness. You're eternally gigging. I am really. What were you saying about Frankenstein maintaining the monster? <laughs> well, speaking of which, I had a dream this week. Now I don't normally. I know Emily doesn't like people talking about their dreams, but I had it's a worse dream. Worse than hearing their problems. And I was in a dark house. And, and I was cli- at the top of the foot, st- at the top of the stairs. There was like a, a scary-looking figure, and when I got up there, it was Dracula. <laughs> and when I woke up, I thought, Dracula! Is that the best? Honestly, the best my subconscious can do. The most one. <laughs> Dark, threatening figure you could have I, in a dream. If I was genuinely lost in a terrifying house and saw a sort of a shadow, shadowy figure, and then they moved into the light, and it was Dracula, yeah. I would laugh in Dracula's face. <laughs> oh, I was Again? frightened. It's, it's just Dracula. I was honestly, I was a little bit ashamed of myself. I thought, I'm a creative. That's yeah. how I describe myself, and this is what I come up with. Dracula, that is embarrassing. The Dracula in your dream. Mm. Can I ask which Dracula? Because there yes. are obviously various well, kinds. It. There's the cartoon Dracula. Please, God, was it, it wasn't that. Was it Nosferatu or was it very much a sort of um, Halloween costume on the internet? Or was it Count Dracula? Yes. It was very much right in Dracula. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what that means? Yeah, he was a snooker player. I mean, black hair pointed Op- back with a widow's Op- peak. Operatic. And, and a cloak and all that. Wow. The hair, did the hair look like it was dyed with the shade Clairol One Raven? Um, yes. Okay. But it wasn't like that Gary Oldman uh, Dracula, and it wasn't an unusual... No, like, classic Dracula. It was it was Dracula, as you say, you'd go to a fancy dress party. <laughs> yes. My <laughs> God, you're just Smithy's Dracula. Was it? Yeah, it was absolute rubbish, route one, <laughs> default Dracula nightmare what was, figure. What was he up to? He was just standing what there. <laughs> I think when I saw him, He's I dead. was so dismayed, I wouldn't have been bothered if he'd killed me. <laughs> I thought, if this is all I've got left in my imagination, take me, Dracula. (laughs) Mm. So uh, that was that. Frank Skinner. further questions regarding your Dracula dream. Oh, and other things I never thought I'd say. I've laid myself bare. I've said I'm ashamed of the lack of... There's Inventiveness. Just, okay, there's just a few other details I'd like to get straight. Okay. Did the Diamante clasp? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. That small sort of uh, MBE-like uh, thing on a ribbon. Yes. That he wears. It sort of implies that he sort of won it in some kind of Transylvanian war. I, I think it's part of his count. Um, his count uh, paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah. Count just... paraphernalia is a very good <laughs> Italian cousin friend of his who comes over now. Yeah. And a really cluttered house too. Cluttered, is the bro- <laughs> cluttered is it, palazzo. Is the and he wears it in the middle. It's a sort of Tory. MP brooch mm. in a way female MP brooch but it's clasped in the middle mm. but I, it's the cloak I'd like to mm. some extra detail on was it a sort of uh, was it satin well you're asking was it, it was nylon? a dream remember and I didn't say give us a twirl when I saw him <laughs> no, you know oh no fashion's important it was very it was very shadowy up there at the top of the um, imagine the spooky stairs, stairs yeah but where, what was were his hands and sort of <laughs> oh look what, <laughs> look I just want to know yeah Milad Okay. If, I, if the accused I hands. don't know if you've ever tried taking a screenshot of a dream. <laughs> it just, will come, it will come, it will surely come. I just want to know if his hands were in the sort of bleh position. <laughs> no, I or don't if, think he... I'm not sure he knew I was there. I think uh, I... You were sneaking up on him. Dracula was discovered <laughs> at the top of the stairs. He was just hanging about up there. I don't know what he was doing. Was he just going to the bathroom or something? Yes, he'd, he'd forgotten why he'd gone upstairs. Yeah, perhaps he <laughs> lost his... His keys, he's not his attic What keys. did I come up here for? <laughs> oh, who's that? People are still dreaming about me. I'm who is this them. loser? That's where his, hand, his hands were. He was doing the L sign on his forehead. Do you think he'd have his teeth fixed now, Dracula? That's the shame of it, you see. The vampires, you can't see them coming. They'd all get veneers these days. Well, Guajalmo del Toro (laughs) said the reason he was drawn towards uh, Pinocchio Mm. 
was that he was one of those figures, he said, and he listed them. I think he listed Batman Frankenstein. Uh, I think that might have been it, and Pinocchio. People, if you haven't read the book, you still know quite a bit about them. Yes, yeah. That's what he said. And did he also say, and also some very Route 1 people dream about it? <laughs> yeah, he well. did. Oh, he did. He, the thought wouldn't have crossed his creative <laughs> mind. <laughs> that still went on. He would have scoffed if you'd He probably it. only has collaborative dreams, which the art department give him ideas, <laughs> stuff he can dream about. Oh, model. Oh. oh, yes, OK. So, um, it's been a lovely birthday so far. Who would have think at 66 I'd still be this funny? You didn't mention your other presents. I didn't mention no, my other presents. we haven't presents. got time. Um... um I, Emily got me a Thank fabulous you. framed... One of the things was a framed photograph of Elvis Presley arriving at a road accident <laughs> because he used to listen to police radio in Graceland and then he, he had a police badge, so he'd turn up and uh, inspect the uh, press scene. <laughs> and lovely picture of him in a full-length leather jacket just walking around in the dark. Insane. If only he'd been at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Um, anyway, so thank you so much for um, listening. Thanks for all your lovely messages, by the way, on my birthday. That's very, very kind of you. Um, all the best to St Thomas Aquinas. I hope he has a great day. He was quite a, quite an eater. Was he? He was. Um, enormous. Anyway, um, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.